Hey everyone, you're listening to Not Having It All. This is episode 59. 59. Well, I'm going with 59. Um... My name's Karis and I'm joined by Courtney. This week we're talking about film releases, TV releases, upcoming releases, all the releases, and our topic this week is Batman villains. Hey Courtney. Hi. So as I said, like my voice is completely gone, so you may have to yeah. translate. That's okay. I'm it's here. Bad. I'm here to be the translator. You are, you are. How have you been? How's your week been? It's been good. The last like January was like a year in itself, and the oh last God, week yes. of the last week of January was, like, really rough for no specific reason. Like, everyone I knew, like, all my coworkers, Noah, we were all, like, something is off. Like, it was just really long. And, like, like I said, nothing, like, specifically bad happened. But there was just this weird, like, off energy in the air. I don't know if you felt that, too. Hugely. Hugely. It's weird. I guess it's just because it's the end of the first month of the year and we conquered it. And it was giving us one last little, Maybe. Eh, you know. Like a little test. It makes me laugh yeah. because like we've been through so many Januarys, but this one in particular just felt so impossibly long. <laughs> I know. Like, I, I felt I don't understand. I feel like there was a curse. Like we were living in like a little town, and there was a curse on it or something, and it's been lifted, and we're all free. Yeah. No, it felt fr- like I was talking about it the other day, and I said like something to know. It's like we came, we had gone out of, we went to his parents for Christmas, and we came back new year's eve so our first full day back in georgia was the first of january and it's like that seems like it was six months ago not a month ago (laughs) it's just insane but i have some amazing news i've got a new job yay i'm super excited i i feel like i really really worked hard for this one and i feel like i it's the first job i've taken where i'm like I really want to do this rather yeah. than like, oh, I need to do this because there's more money or I need to do this because it's like closer to home or whatever. But yeah, I'm really excited. That's so awesome. Super I'm so excited. proud. Thank you so much. Um, of course. A few things come out on Netflix this past week. Uncut Gems is finally on Netflix. Um, so everyone's been seeing that. Have you seen it yet, Courtney? I saw it in theaters twice. Oh my God. Yeah, you were lucky because it, it never came out yeah. in theaters over here. I know. I'm glad that they put it out on Netflix for y'all, like, that quickly at least, and didn't just wait. Because I think it's getting released in the U.S. on Netflix over the summer. I think that's what the Safties tweeted. Which, like, that would have sucked, though, if they didn't give it to you till they, like, put it on Netflix for us. Because, yeah, it was pretty wide release in America, like, wider than most A24s often get. And I guess Mm -hmm. it's just because it was Adam Sandler maybe you know that's a good point but i think it made the most like it's the most lucrative box office pull for a24 in the history of a24 at least the first like weekend was the most they ever made in one weekend which is crazy that's really impressive but yeah i i really liked and there's this i i think i mentioned before um one of the episodes we did that i saw the lighthouse for a second time like in the basement of a haunted brewery yeah they did that again with uncut gems because the like little theater it's like this guy um it's called his uh company's called montage cinemas and he just has like a pop-up screen that he takes around to different businesses in savannah and he got a like a distribution deal with a24 so now he charges only for the a24 movies because he's getting them like as they come out yeah so that's been really cool to get to see those like he showed waves when we were gone i was kind of bummed because i i didn't get to, i haven't been able to see that and i haven't that's, heard on, it's that's good. on our netflix as well 
Oh, is it? Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah I haven't seen it with, yet. Um, it's weird with the UK Netflix and US Netflix. The difference yeah. is they're like polar opposites sometimes. Oh, it's yeah. Bizarre. I mean, we still haven't got Disney+. Plus. Oh, really? Yeah, wow. I think it's March now. It's going to come oh, out. Oh, weird. That whole thing's been weird, though, because they keep, like, delaying things or Delay- saying they're yeah. going to put things on that aren't on. I don't and know. People are leaving projects, like, directors are leaving projects. Oh, yeah. It just... Well, it just seems awful. It really does, which is why it's a shame that it's taking over so many production companies. I know, but it is what it is. The Simpsons warned us. Um, <laughs> sorry, my voice is so bad. I'm so sorry. Um, Cheer! I finished Cheer on Netflix. So this is the adorable documentary series. Well, not really adorable. It's quite hard at times to watch. Yeah, yeah. Um, that me and Naha talked about last week. Um, it was really empowering to kind of get to the end of it and kind of see like these people work so hard for something and you know it pays off but it really did raise some questions about like young people or children young people being in Mm -hmm. like competitive sports yeah like how the coaches are so i was just going to ask you like if if you were to have children like would you be one of those people that's like yeah you go do this we'll put everything into it or are you just like do what you like but you know i don't know it's weird yeah i would never ever force a child to do that um my parents luckily didn't really ever force me to do anything i did dance yeah like i took dance classes for like a long time like eight or nine years but i never did it competitively i just like I did jazz one year, then I did tap, then I did ballet, and it was more like a thing to occupy me because I was so unathletic, like, with, like, team sports. Yeah. Um, And then, like, I chose to play tennis in high school because it was something to do, you know, that kind of thing. Um, Whereas my um, cousins were really encouraged to be competitive swimmers because my dad and my uncle had done it, and it was like, they had to do i mean i think they did enjoy it but it was like so much time and effort was put into it my grandma was running around all the swim meets and stuff and it was just crazy and you know i have little cousins too who play like three competitive sports and they have to travel to gymnastic things and this and that and it's just to me it's so overwhelming like if your kid wants to do it yeah support it but maybe pick like one thing i feel like that's a big thing with american kids now it's like you have to have something for every day of the week almost yeah we don't really have that over here like you'll have like i mean you can do a few things at a time but like you'll probably you'll have like football or you'll have netball or you'll have tennis and like that yeah thing but like yeah i feel like in america like they've got like they do like four things a week yeah no and it's just crazy like I have a co-worker who has a, I think she's like an, an eight-year-old little girl and she did soccer and it was just kind of like a thing for fun and like she I think she said like oh I don't want to do it again and the other soccer moms have been like why isn't she playing again really <laughs> and it's like she doesn't want to she's well, eight we, calm you, down you know that stuff like in America where like if like especially small towns with football teams mm-hmm. like if one of the guys that like, doesn't want to play football they'll take them out to dinner and like pay for the oh, yeah. mortgage and stuff like it's crazy it's, it's mad we don't really get that over here like there's you know I think with towns like you don't really get like the town coming around a certain team or something mm-hmm. but um yeah it definitely kind of shine a light on it and I thought because I, I had like a stagey mum my mum wanted me to be to do like ballet theater like, mm-hmm. everything and I did it because it was fun but when it stopped being fun and like I told like I don't really want to do this anymore I could definitely see that she was like heartbroken or angry or whatever mm. but it's uh it's different and then I, I look at like Scott's family and like I think if we had kids, Scott would be, like, that dad. 
that's yeah. the dad like you were awful this week and I'd be there like it's okay sweetie don't worry we'll get some ice cream it's fine you don't have to go back yeah home. exactly okay. don't worry darling it's fine you be free you be free you, be, you paint be a painter you know be a painter it's fine um, yeah but it's just different the way it's raised like I was watching him th- saying like by the way Scott freaking loved cheer oh like he freaking loved this show he wanted me but he loved it and like we were watching it like he was in the room or whatever mm-hmm. and I'd be like they're so like strict and like she's so you know like on them like why doesn't she just give them a break and he's like because they're winners because they used to be winners <laughs> and I was just like whoa okay is it about college or high school? It's about college. So okay. Because so, I know in America, like you can go to college, and mm-hmm. like you can be a cheerleader, and you just have yeah. to take like a few classes or something. Is that right? Um, it's you can get scholarships and stuff. So it's yeah. the same as getting like a football scholarship. You can get a cheer scholarship. Um, like because I I work for a university, and my town is one of those towns where like the university is the thing that's like right, it's okay. the thing that employs everyone it's the reason the town exists it's been around for like 100 so years strange, the whole thing. It? Yeah, it's and yeah they're one of our interns actually um that was in our marketing department i think she was a cheerleader and i think she was able to like graduate early because she got scholarships and wow. like she was super smart too and i think that's a thing that like people assume cheerleaders are like like dumb blondes or whatever but like yeah. a lot of them work really really hard oh, to God, get yeah. to that level i mean i think there was one part in the show where like they said oh it's spring break but we're all staying and we'll be rehearsing and you just yeah. realize like how much they're giving up but I oh yeah i think that's one of the good things about the show that it challenged the stereotype and mm-hmm. I think we, we're gonna do like a cheerleading podcast in a couple of weeks just to kind of yes. look at the representation in tv and film because yeah. that stereotype is like the cheerleader is the mean girl she's blonde mm-hmm. she's rich she has the big house she's dating the quarterback but like what about the cheerleaders that aren't that yeah you know so yeah it's, it's it was interesting it was good to watch that's what um, I will say, um, just a recent cheerleader in pop culture, the most recent season of Sabrina. Um, her and Ra- Yeah, season three. Her okay. and Roz join the cheer squad, and the cheerleaders are, like, really nice. They're, like, not bullying them. They're not mean. They're just like, do you want to hang out with us? Do you want to do this? And, like, the football players are, like, getting nicer and everything, and they're really, like, didn't feed into that stereotype whereas like it's sister riverdale you know the cheerleaders are kind of nasty on that i mean like it's it's like a love to hate them like it's like the main like bitchy girl is the head of the cheerleaders and you do like her because it's like we're into the fourth season and you just have to (laughs) but like they definitely don't i am totally um but i i thought that was cool that sabrina they made them like just normal girls because you could have easily leaned into the like Roz is getting bullied by the cheerleader you know what I mean it's kind of like it's just the stereotype I feel like he's bad writing like it's easy oh yeah easy to do that um oh yeah yeah, it was interesting to see the side of it because we don't really have it over here we Mm -hmm. started coming into things about say like five years ago or so okay like we we have great gymnastics over here which oh, you've probably okay. seen at the Olympics and stuff. Mm-hmm. But we don't necessarily have, like, cheerleaders. Like, at football games, there's no cheerleaders yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe it's something that will develop over time. I, d- I don't quite know. It but could, yeah. It's, it's, but, yeah, I just... Um, I think in another life I was Southern in America. Because... <laughs> I, c- I mean, I don't know if I could do that accent now with this sore throat, but, like, I was watching that show, and I just... <laughs> I just knew... 
that one day I want to be a cheer mom and like drive my kid from like practice to practice and like y'all did not y'all did not do that tumble right okay God did not give you those legs for you to snap okay you need to visit me you would like pass out like just hearing people speak I end up talking like that all the time that's the only accent I can do every other accent just turns into (laughs) Borat that's the only accent (laughs) I can do like seriously so yeah I love it absolutely love it that's just that I don't know I just want to talk about that all the time I give myself five years and I think I'll fully start to have yeah because sometimes I've noticed when I get angry or when I talk fast it comes out a little bit more maybe but I don't know the midwestern American accent is so hard to break (laughs) it's so like I can't get rid of it you never know um, another thing I did watch this week, um, I haven't got around to watching Bojack Corson yet because I'm not emotionally ready. No, me neither. I can't do it. People have like been writing on Twitter like, oh, I just watched it. I'm like, shh. I'm can't. ignoring it. It's, I'm pretending it's not there right now. I'm going to watch one episode a year. So I've got <laughs> like, I did this with Mad Men. I watched all of the last season of Mad Men and the last two episodes I didn't watch for a year because I was like, <laughs> I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not doing it. I'm not jumping. So, yeah, I don't know when I'm going to get around to watching it, but I will do soon. But I did watch The Good Place, the finale. Oh. And this this show, when I first saw it come out, I thought, oh, it's a Kristen Bell show. When you start watching it, it's so deep. It talks mm. about, like, morality and mortality and love and friendships and family. It covers so many things. And I think we'll, like, need to do, like, a whole podcast on this show at one point. But this show ending, like, when I was really depressed when I first moved up here to the north, I used to just watch The Good Place on repeat. Like, it was just one mm. of them, like, a secret happy place that I had. Yeah. And it's just sad that that's ending, but it's good that mm. it's kind of brought so much. It kind of highlights so much as well about life itself and um, philosophy and things like that. And it really made you think about, you know, if you had a choice to go to a heaven or a good place mm-hmm. would you be there forever or would you get to the point where you're like you know what i'm done now i'm ready for peace kind of thing so yeah it was really really interesting and also, also i cried my eyes out because you know mm. obviously um shifting polar opposites now have you seen the new ted bundy documentary no i haven't i saw you i didn't even know there was one out until you tweeted about it i think oh yeah welcome so to i'm interested market. to hear about it so this is Ted Bundy falling for a killer. Um, it's on Amazon Prime. And the, obviously everyone's like, oh, another Ted Bundy documentary. The difference with this one is it features Elizabeth Kendall and Molly Kendall for the first time. So this is Ted Bundy's girlfriend and her daughter that he lived with um, mm-hmm. for a long time. And I feel like the difference with this show is it's not so much about, like we spoke about Ted Bundy in the past, how a lot of the media like, oh, yeah, he's a young guy out on the town yeah this show really looks into the victims it really looks into how it affected people of the area especially women of course and obviously it's interesting to get the perspective from elizabeth and molly because we have not had that before yeah you know they went into hiding which is completely understandable when you Mm -hmm. think about it they went into hiding and they really show this side where you see, you know, obviously, of course, at first they were doubts because this was someone that they lived with and they loved. Yeah. And it was so random. And when you look at Ted Bundy's case, it is random. It's a yeah, random oh, case. Like, there's no, you know, the whole, like, nature-nurture thing. 
there's none of that it's no. it's a very weird it's a weird case so no i find it really interesting it's really sad and obviously they ca- they talked to the p- women that were nearly killed by him so mm-hmm. that attempted abduction and things like that um but no i'd really recommend it because it's a different okay, tone cool. is it yeah it's not what's the word it's not like what's the, i don't want to say titillizing because i hate that word yeah, but I know what you're saying. Yeah. It's not like sensationalized. That's the word, sensationalizing. Mm-hmm. I got that mixed up with tits, so, you know. <laughs> it happens. So, yeah, no, it's good. I'm only like three episodes in. I think it's like six or seven or eight episodes. Okay, cool. It, it's it's pretty good. It's pretty good. And it's, yeah, it's, I'd say it's better than the other ones. But, yeah. Cool. I'll have to check that out. Something to watch. I like it. You know. Um, have you watched anything else recently this week, films, TV wise? You're smiling. So you know how, like the past like three episodes of the podcast, I've like mentioned something that everyone else finished watching like a month ago. What I'm watching Watchmen. Oh my god! <laughs> I have one episode left. I love it. I think it's great. I love this. It's like you live in like a country that doesn't get anything. I know. It's later. just because I I'm binge watching every HBO show from the past five years. No, at I once. love it. Um, what do you yeah, think? I really like. I love it. I think it's great. I think, um, like, I guess I didn't expect it to tie into like the uh, the actual Watchmen story as much as it does mm-hmm. from like what I'd heard. I thought it was just like a completely different take. Like, I didn't think that like Silk Spectre would be in it. I didn't think like I knew Doctor Manhattan was like kind of in it, and I knew that like Adrian was in it. And stuff like that, but I didn't think that it would all like they would do the flashbacks and stuff like that. So I thought that was really cool. Like yeah. I'm really I'm enjoying how it's like just adding another chapter, kind of. It's like a little tangent. And I love Regina King, and no one told me that she's a nun, so I died when I realized that her like you know outfit is a nun outfit. She's, <laughs> she's such a badass. Do I you, love her. Do you feel sad that like it's not coming back? Yes, definitely. <laughs> but I get it. Like, better to just have one good season than have someone else come in and mess it up. You well, know what I this mean? this is what I feel like they did with Westworld. Mm-hmm. That they had a yeah. really good season. They should have just left it. I know. I have, I only saw the first season. Me too. Because my dad really I, liked oh, no, it. I, watched, I haven't seen any since. I watched, like, a few episodes of season two, but it, was, it became, like, a chore. You know, yeah. Like, the Walking Dead, I was like, oh, I have to watch this episode. Oof. It's just, you know. And then the other thing that I saw yesterday that I highly recommend, I don't know if it's out in the UK yet, um, okay. Gretel and Hansel, the new Osgood Perkins movie with the little girl from It. She's not little. She's like 16. Okay. You heard no. of this? This isn't out okay. for a while. Let me have a look. Go on. Tell us about it. Yeah. So it's directed by Oz, Oz, Osgood Perkins. He goes by both. It's Anthony Perkins' son, and he also directed Black Coat's Daughter, and um, I'm the pretty thing that lives in the house, which I am not a fan of pretty thing. But I love Black Coat's Daughter. I think he's super unique director. Okay. Um, and so I was super surprised that he was getting a wide release movie. Um, so I was excited. But of course, there's always like a concern with wide release horror movies that like aren't put out by A24 that they're just going to not yeah. be great. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially with someone like... Oz Perkins, you know, you get your rare gems like Ready or Not, but you never know. You know what I mean? So I went in. It's so good, and I cannot believe it got wide release. It's going to make no money because it is bizarre. <laughs> it's so – it felt like a uh, Yodorowsky movie almost, really? the way it looked. Yeah. 
And it was a super, like, interesting take on Hansel and Gretel. In this version, um, they're not, like, around the same age. Gretel is, like, 16, 17, and Hansel's, like, 6 or 7. Okay. So she's kind of, like, maternal towards him. And it's all, it's a lot about, like, you know, transitioning from being a young woman into a woman. Um, and it was really great. Sophia Lillis was really good. The woman that played the witch was incredible. And the entire, like, look for the witch was really, really cool. It just was a super visual movie. And I loved it. Like, I think it's, that's, it's a strong top contender for the year for me, which is cool this really? early in the year so already. Early in the year, that's yeah. Good. That's good because I feel like yeah. January, it's hard to find like decent films because you kind of get like the yeah. back end of Oscar stuff that didn't really mm-hmm. work out. No, that's yeah. cool. I like that. So, yeah. I like, I, like, I love fairy tales when they take a dark mm-hmm. take on them. Like, I really wanted yeah. to get into that show Grimm because I think that's like the premise of that show. Is that it, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> this is funny. That was filmed like where Noah lives. And when the show ended, they sold a bunch of the props. So Noah's mom bought him like two of the jackets that the main guy wore. So he just oh. has them. <laughs> yeah, and he just wears them sometimes. Oh, bless him! So, That's amazing. I know, I know. But yeah, no, I think that I only saw a few episodes of that, but I definitely think that was the vibe. What are you doing, Kara? Kara is a hubby. Is what she's doing. You need to stop. Oh, yeah. here's the jacket, Karis. That's oh, there's the, the, the jacket. <laughs> Was Noah like a fan of Grimm? I know. Did you watch Grimm a lot? He said somewhat. Somewhat. <laughs> yeah, he watched it with his mom. <laughs> yeah, it was a way for his mother to connect with um, him on the horror because she can't handle too much scary. Oh, I feel like yeah. Grimm's like that kind of level of horror that like your mom will like because it's yeah. not too scary, but then it's not too, you know, like kind of Also, thing. hi Vicky. She listens to the podcast. She's one of our fans. Oh Vicky, hi. Thank <laughs> you for listening. Well that's good. I didn't really watch anything amazing this past week. I watched um I watched Fighting with My Family. Oh, how was that? I actually really enjoyed it. Um, Florence is there anything Florence Poe can't do? She's, She's so cute. Um, I and it, love her. It, you know, it talks a lot about, obviously it's about wrestling, but it talks a lot about bod- body image and being a... Yeah. Shut up, Cara. It talks about body image, being a young woman and, like, changing your identity and things like that. Also, like, you know, it's got that whole classic underdog thing and fighting yeah. that you believe in. And it was really, it was a really good film, actually. I really did enjoy it. And it was nice to see a British film. Yeah. Quite well, which is quite good. Um, I also watched... Billionaire's Boys Club. Oh, is that the one with? That's the one with him. Yeah, I just, I just don't even say the name. So like this, when this film was announced, like it had, um, so it's got Ansel, Eng- Ansel, Ansel Elgort. I can never say his name. The goldfinch guy. The, the goldfinch guy. <laughs> Mom, like the film. Ansel Elgort. It's got Taron Egerton. It's really weird because, like, Taron Egerton has, like, the same fake American voice that Tom Holland has. So I don't know if they have, like, the oh. same coach. It's weird. It's weird. Um, and then you got, like, Emma Roberts, Billy Lord. So, yeah. So I wanted to watch it when it first announced. Yeah. And obviously the thing with the thing happened. Yes. And it didn't get released anyway. Cora! She's angry about... There'll be a dog Spevin Casey. Oh. Okay. So basically, she can see out the window and a dog that she plays with was outside Aww. and she was basically trying to talk to them. And I was like, no, you can't. So yeah, that's, that's what happened. Get Aww. down. 
this humping has to end. Stop it. <laughs> Honestly, she humped me so hard the other day. She scratched a mole off my body. Oh my God, Cara. A mole Stop, off my girl. body. And I had to bandage my arm up. And then I had like a job interview. And I had to wear a blazer. Because I, like, I look like a heroin addict. There was like marks on my arm. It was dreadful. Cara. Stop this. So yeah, so I watched, yeah, the film Billionaire's Boy Club is not amazing. The, the edit, yeah. I don't really notice ed, bad editing in a film very often, but this film had such bad editing. You know, you have like a conversation between two people, you know, and you'll, you'll cut mm-hmm. from them, you'll cut to her, you'll cut to him. Yeah. Cut to but this, you'd cut from him to her, to his watch, to another angle, to another angle, to another angle, to a panning shot, to another angle. And I was just like, I don't even know what they're talking about because I'm so lost with the motion of what's going on. Um, I think it tried to be a bit like the big short. Okay. I can see that. Yeah. You know, that kind of, that new style of filmmaking where like it's, it, it's got a narrator who is, you know, tongue in cheek and they'll yeah. stop the film or they'll rewind the film or something. Um, yeah, it was not great. But it's a shame. I think it could have been a better film. I didn't realise yeah. it was based on a true story. Yeah. Oh, Americans, I love y'all. So, yeah. Crazy. But anyway, coming out this week, Parasite is finally coming out to the UK. <gasps> yes, so very excited. If you've not seen this yet, you really need to go see it. It's definitely, if you're put off by subtitles, grow the fuck up and just get out there and see it because it's just such an original story, isn't it? It's it just, is. It's, it's awesome. Just, and I didn't read anything about it before I went in. Me either. I, had, I knew yeah, nothing. I knew nothing. I was kind of glad because I, I mean, the, I knew it was, people called it scary. People called it mm-hmm. gruesome. So I just thought, okay, well, I'll just go in and just see what happens. And it's just, it's very clever. And if they do make an American version, the, the annoying part is it will probably be really fucking good. But... See this one first. Don't wait for HBO. Yeah. See this one first. Damn straight. Also, this week is Doolittle. This is the Robert Downey Jr. version of Doolittle. Now, did you watch Dr. Doolittle when you were a kid? Like, I watched the Eddie Murphy one when I was a kid. Yeah. yeah. It was a classic I loved film. Them. It was so yeah. good. Wasn't Raven Simone in them as well? Yeah, I think she, she was, was the, the da- daughter. Like, the middle daughter, yeah, yeah. or something. Or the I loved I it. I thought it was... I mean, I loved Eddie Murphy as a kid. I watched yeah, me Delirious too. far too early. Um, <laughs> and I loved it. And I was really weirded out by the fact that they've done this. And it just doesn't look good. Like, Eddie Murphy, like, I think he spoke to, like, duck and geese and pigs. And this guy's talking to, like, a tiger. I know. It's very... Like, I get that they're trying to go back to, like, the original source material and make it, like, older because that's, like, when the books were written. But... I'd, it already it's out here and it's just bombed has it bombed i didn't think like i've seen so well. many reviews from people on twitter that are like this is the worst like movie going experience i've ever had like this makes cats look good like Ooh. stuff like that yeah no i've heard it's just awful it's um it's a strange concept i mean there's a lot of names within the film that are voicing things so you got antonio banderas jim broadbent jesse buckley emma thompson Rami Malik, John Cena. I mean, the list goes on and on. Kamal that, Johnny, why did they agree? Tom Harland, like Ray, Ralph Fiennes, Selena Gomez. Like, <coughs> I mean, there's just so much going on. It has not been given good reviews at all. Um, no. 
And I think it's because it's just too far-fetched. Like, yeah. it's... I don't know. It's... I don't, I don't... I don't... I don't know. I don't understand. But, yeah. But that's, that's out. Um, you've also got a film called Underwater. Oh, the Kristen Stewart one. So this is the Kristen Stewart. This kind of haircut she's taking on, it's, you know... I, I don't... I, I don't know. You mean just put off by a haircut? I get what you're saying. Yeah, actually, I I I probably am not allowed to say this, but I'm just gonna go and say it anyway. About it a year ago, yeah, like last summer, I think, or it was the summer before. I don't remember. I was shown a test trailer of Underwater in the lobby of a uh, a movie theater, and then they gave me like a free ticket. And, like, I straight up told the guy, like, yeah, I don't want to see this. There's nothing you could do to make me want to see this. <laughs> so then when the trailer finally came out, I'm like, damn, they didn't change the trailer Did at you all. Change since the trailer I at all? No, it was pretty much the same thing. It just looks like Alien and, like, that's what Noah brought up, like, the first time he saw the trailer. He's like, this is Alien in water. You don't need to, like, we don't need it. <laughs> okay, so the, the premise is that crew of aquatic researchers work to get to safety after an earthquake devastates their subterranean laboratory but the crew has more than the ocean seabed to fear so i'm assuming it's a monster movie yeah okay. and i read a spoiler for like what the monster thing is i won't say it but like it's from literature from a very specific person is it the who wrote monster is it no. Moby dick is it jaws <laughs> no <laughs> no is yelling at me for not being discreet sorry to everyone that i just spoiled underwater karis didn't guess so <laughs> is it dr doolittle no, yes um, it's dr doolittle it's just a giant robert downey jr and he eats Kristen stewart and now that you've mentioned alien, I can really see the symbol, like the like the symbolicness in these pictures. I'm just looking at the stills, and it does yeah. look like alien, but underwater. Down to like she's a woman with short hair. That's what I was saying about the haircut. Like it just looks like they're full, right. Okay, alien, women, short hair. Like I don't, I don't know, I don't know. But yeah, so that's out. I don't think we, well, either of us, could be seeing that. No. I mean, you straight up told the filmmakers you weren't seeing it. <laughs> Also out this week is Mr. Jones. This is a Welsh journalist breaks the news in the Western media of the famine in the Soviet Union in the early 1930s. It looks Ooh. incredibly British. You've got Jamie Morton, uh, Peter Sarsgaard. You've also got Vanessa Kirby, who plays um, Princess Margaret in The Crown. Um, it's not been given incredible reviews, but it's not been given anything worse. kind of looks like your average kind of film. Yeah, that sounds very British. If that makes any sense. Cara, you have to stop humping. This is ridiculous. It's really hard to not just laugh. Because let me explain to everyone that can't see this because it's a podcast. Cara is just going to town on Kara's right now. And I can't see her lower half, but her upper half is like bobbing up and down. <laughs> oh, God. And I'm the only one she does it to. No one else. It's because she trusts you. <laughs> trust me? To what? what just she loves girl. you. She doesn't get anything out of the... I don't know. She's gone downstairs, hopefully. I'm literally <laughs> trying to teach her to hump a pillow just to yeah. give me some relief. It's such a disturbing situation. 
Honestly. Um, also, this week is Daniel Isn't Real. Uh, have you heard of this one? Yes, I have. It's Elijah Wood's production company put it out. It is indeed. A troubled college freshman, Luke, suffers a violent family trauma. He then resurrects his charismatic childhood imaginary friend, Daniel, to help him cope, not realising how dangerous Daniel is. It's quite interesting, the idea of adults creating imaginary friends again. Yeah. I mean, when you think about children creating imaginary friends, you think, fucking hell, that's psychotic. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, it looks quite interesting, the the cast, Miles, Miles Robbins, Sasha Lane, Patrick Schwarzenegger. Um, yeah, it looks quite interesting. You said Elijah Wood's company has done this. Is it A24? I don't think so. I think it's just... Um, I can't remember the name of his company. I'm horrible. Um, but he did... Uh, I think he did Mandy, too. Yeah, they did Mandy. They did Mandy. Mm-hmm. So it's... Uh, yeah, it looks kind of wild. It's, it's a horror. It does, yeah. At least. It does look quite interesting. Are you, are mm-hmm. you wanting to see this, do you think? Yeah, I'd definitely like to see it. I don't think it's coming out anywhere around me. So I'll just have to wait till it goes to streaming. I don't think it's going to be in a big release over here. But it is out this week. Yeah. And finally out this week is Birds of Prey. Yeah. Um, which has um, got, some re- got some early releases this week. And the reviews have been really, 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 really good. I know. Which is quite surprising because obviously... I agree. It's a DC movie and obviously they don't really tend to do very well. Um, it's about women and obviously people don't really like women. <laughs> and, um, and it's a female director and people don't really like watching female directors. Um, but yeah, it's been given some really good reviews. Now, are you going to see this? Because I know you're kind of hit and miss with superhero stuff. I like the DC ones better, and I like Margot Robbie a lot. <laughs> um, so I'm definitely going to see it. I kind of like. I liked Suicide Squad. Like I recognize that it's bullshit. I did too. And it's it, okay. yeah, it's okay. We're together. I mean, like I wish it was just about her. Yeah. And I, you know what, I'm going to say it right here and now. I wish that Jared Leto would have been in it more. Ooh. I think it was interesting. It's not great, but that's the whole point is that he's, like, trashy. Um, So, yeah, I'm excited for this. I think, like, all, like, um, Black Canary looks really cool and Huntress looks really cool. Like, the the whole look of it is very fun. And you got Ewan McGregor and, um... What's his name? Chris Messina, right? He's got so. like a shaved blonde head, which is weird. Yes. Um, yes but I'm about it. And there's a, yeah, it just looks fun. It looks, it looks, um, when it was first announced, I thought, okay, that's, that's cool. Because obviously they looked at Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad did okay. It didn't yeah. do amazing. I mean, I did enjoy it. I thought it, was, it wasn't perfect, but I did enjoy it. But then they looked at it and thought, okay, we need to kind of take what was popular out of this. And make something else. And the most popular aspect of, the, of it was Harlequin. Yeah. There's no if, if, buts, or maybe it's about that. So it's interesting they did it. And then it was interesting they got a female director, which I thought was really important. Mm-hmm. Um, the reviews have basically stated that Margot Robbie is amazing. She definitely steals the show. But also Black Canary is really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, who plays Black Canary again? Oh, what is her name? Oh, it's, it's Journey Smollett Bell. Okay. Plays Black Canary. Um, so that's really great. And then the majority of the reviews, really, it's all about the fact that, you know, it's just good to see Harley Quinn having fun. Mm-hmm. 
and obviously we're going to talk more today about Batman villains and things like that but I think Margot Robbie as an actress she I don't know I wouldn't call her a character actress but she's so she's such a big repertoire oh yeah she could do anything no I love her and I know that recently people said, like, you know, there was a Jim Carrey was on a talk show with her recently, Graham Norton, and he said something like along the lines of, "Oh, you know, you've done really well despite your physical appearance," um, which was obviously a little bit tongue in cheek. I didn't think it was yeah. that bad, but I no. think her looks because it, it's a joke. Yeah, he is a joke. There are people that would say that not as a joke though, and I think that's why maybe people have reacted yeah. negatively if they have. Definitely, but like it's Jim Carrey. He's he he's on her side. I think he's definitely on her side. But I think with Margot Robbie is that she is able to play the girlfriend and the wife, but then she's also able to play the bad girl. She's yeah. also able to play, you know, the the troubled girl. You know, you see films like I, Tonya and Harlequin, they showcase that side of her. Even Bombshell mm-hmm. showed a very vulnerable side of her. And, you yeah. know, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood showed a vulnerable side of her. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the comical girlfriend elements like... Wolf Wall Street. So, yeah, I think there's a lot more to her. I hope we see a lot yeah. more of her. I, I think I, we will. I think she needs to win an Oscar soon. She's been nominated yeah. a couple of times. Yeah. So, yeah. She will. But, yeah, so so you are going to go see this? Yes, for sure. Okay, good. Me too. I'm excited for it. It's, it's interesting to see the route they're going in. Because, yeah. you know, I mean, if it is DC versus Marvel, this is something that Marvel have not done. And don't tell me Captain Marvel counts. Because that just ties into the big story. This is something that's different. It's diverse. It's out there. It's wacky. And it's taking a chance, isn't it? Yeah, and that's what I think DC realized. That their attempt to like quickly catch up to Marvel just failed utterly. Yeah. Um, and they're realizing it's better to make like little standoff like vignettes better. Yeah. Like, they're, like Joker is probably not going to connect to anything else. I mean, I don't know. Joaquin's saying he might do a second one. That's a whole different story. But, like, that's not going to... Like, Joaquin's Joker will never meet Margot's Harley Quinn. You know what I mean? It just would be... That would be weird, though. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're allowing different routes to be taken like aquaman's ridiculous yeah but and birds of prey looks ridiculous but like it's a different kind of fun ridiculous and then you have man of steel still there in the back and i think that's the issue is they took man of steel as like this did really well i guess we have to turn it into like it's our iron man you know what i mean whereas it was never don't give Zack schneider a franchise just let him go do whatever he wants i love Zack schneider I love him, but, like, just let him do whatever he wants. (laughs) Um, The top ten this week hasn't changed since last week, um, probably because we're doing this on a Sunday. Um, So there's no really much point. What are we dumping our money into here? So, yeah, so in the USA it's different. So, like, at number ten it's Knives Out. So you guys have still got that in the movies and theaters? Not in my theater. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, number nine is Just Mercy, which is the Michael B. Mm-hmm. Jordan film. That's not really charted over here. Um, and number eight, it's Little Women. Okay. And number seven, it's Star Wars: The Rise of Star- Skywalker. And number six, it's The Turning. Oh, I saw that last week. It's a pile of garbage. So we spoke I can't about believe this the show. It's, it's Finn Wolfhard's in this film, right? Yes. He's bad. 
He's bad. Well, he's good. bad in it, and I think he's a good actor. Everyone's <laughs> bad except Brooklyn Prince, which is the little girl from um, the Florida Project. She is the only redeeming factor. Karis, oh. the movie doesn't have an ending; it just stops. Well, like Sopranos. Yeah, <laughs> but worse but because worse. it didn't have the good part before it. Oh God, it's got thirteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It should have three percent. <laughs> so that's definitely one to miss out on yes i can't believe it's that it's made that much money i guess there's nothing else new out say, that's why like brand new out so that makes sense yeah uh, and number five it's jumanji the next level and number four it's the gentleman i didn't realize that was out in the u.s so quickly yeah and number three is doolittle with 16 percent on rotten tomatoes <laughs> and number two it's 1917 still doing well Hell yeah. number one, it's bad boys for life. So yeah, That's not, very American of us, isn't it? So, so American. <laughs> so it's not too different out there. No. But no, yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's the top ten this week. So we're going to talk about our topic this week, which is Batman villains. Obviously, with Birds of Prey coming out, it's just fun to see these films, standalone films, about Batman villains. Mm-hmm. Um, which is cool. So we're going to have a little, little look back over time with Batman in film and obviously TV as well. Yeah. Um, so obviously the first Batman film we had, this is kind of disregarding, not disregarding, but just kind of pushing aside the Adam West 60s, yeah. 60s TV show, was of course Batman um, in 1989 starring Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson. So we had one villain in this movie and it was the Joker. And I think that's mm-hmm. why Joker is like the... Like, the ultimate Batman villain, really, isn't he? Yeah. He's, like, the one. Um, when did you first see this film? I don't Maybe, like... When I was, like, 10 or 11? And did, did Jack Nicholson scare you? Oh, yeah, when I was younger, for sure. Oh, God, yeah. Huge. I, I think Jack Nicholson always scared me, though. I never saw him in anything that was He wrong. has one of those faces. <laughs> He does. He does too. And I think he kind of like definitely set the precedent for the Joker in the fact that he oh, was yeah. a very, d- d- what's the word, like the unstable person. Like you couldn't, yes. he was unpredictable. So you didn't really know mm-hmm. what was going on. Um, so yeah, he definitely, but it's weird because you look back and like you think about him, Heath Ledger, Walking to Phoenix, Jared Leto, the, the same character, but they are four completely different representations of him. Oh, yeah. Which is interesting, though, isn't it? It's why it's quite interesting to have... Well, not it's not essential to have reboots and things like that, but it's nice to kind of have, like, a bit of difference. Yeah. No, I agree. It just shows how, like, how much there is to that character, like, how much you can do with that character. Because there are a lot of, you know, comic book villains that could not be rebooted, you know, a different way every time. Well, we can talk about one of those now. So, <laughs> 1992 was Batman Returns, which was Timber and sequel, and this included the Penguin. <laughs> now, bless him, Danny DeVito gives his best in this. I love it. It's so... <laughs> <laughs> the, part, the part when he's, like, living at the Penguin Sanctuary or something, at the zoo. Yes. He just can't. Now... We, we we haven't had another penguin in film anyway. We're about to though. This is what I'm saying. So um, 
Colin Farrell. <laughs> what a timeline we're living in that Colin Farrell's playing the penguin. I love it. I mean, he totally could do it. Like how he's kind of dumpy looking in the lobster. Yeah. Well, I'm ready. Because like the penguin is probably more of a um what's the word? Like cerebral like cerebral villain. Like he's very smart. Yeah. Obviously he's not physically um terrifying. <laughs> yes. As Danny DeVito so worldly, you know. But he's more like a sneaky one. He's more like a villain yeah. that has to team up with someone else, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Which is why it's going to be interesting to see Colin Farrell. I can't say it out loud. <laughs> Colin Farrell is going to be the Penguin. And he's going to be working with Paul Dano, the Riddler. Riddler. It's just bizarre. But yeah, I mean, did you did you find Danny DeVio scary in Batman Returns? No, and I think it's honestly because like when I was younger, I loved penguins. Yeah, I mean, I still love penguins, but so it was just like, oh my god, he's a penguin, and I was happy because there were penguins. You know what I mean? Like also, also as well, like Danny DeVito around that time, like we knew him from like things like Twins and Matilda, and yeah, it definitely wasn't like a terrifying thing. I think maybe Tim Burton knew that a little bit. Yeah, I think he was leaning into it, and it's just Catwoman. Yeah. In Batman Returns, it's everything. She is brilliant. And with Catwoman, it's one of those villains that we... She is kind of like... She's a little... She's on that line where she could probably be pushed towards being a good person. Yeah. Like, she dabbles in a little bit both. And because there's, like, a romantic connection between them, you kind of root for her a little bit as well, I think. Mm-hmm. But she, oh, yeah. is, she is cunning in this film. And I think Michelle Pfeiffer is just amazing. She's incredible. She's so good. Um, and then Batman Forever, which was the final Tim Burton film. He didn't do that. He didn't Robin, do that did one, no. I think, no, it's um, Schumacher did the last two. He did. Oh, yeah. Tim Burton produced it. Sorry. Yes. Um, yep. So we've got a fair few villains in this one. So see, this is the introduction. We've got Batwoman. We've got Robin. We've got Tommy Lee Jones as Two-Face. That's right, he's Two-Face. And Jim Carrey as the Riddler. Which, again, because around that time, we knew Tommy Lee Jones from Men in Black. And we knew Jim Carrey from, well, everything. Everything, yeah. The Mask, Cable Guy. So, again, it wasn't really like they were terrifying. But I think these films weren't intended to be terrifying. No. They were very So, is this the one with Val Kilmer? Val Kilmer. As Batman? Val Kilmer is Batman. Okay. Yeah. Because I confuse, because the Clooney one is the point of no return. We're we coming to that one, don't you worry? Yeah. Oh, I think Jim Carrey's fun as the Riddler, but I'm super excited that, like, they're not going that route for this Robert Pattinson one, and they're having Paul Dano, so you know he's going to be, like, a creepy little fuck. This is the thing, because I feel like the thing that's made... Well, I mean, we're going to talk about Christopher Nolan movies, of course, but I think the mm-hmm. thing that made the Christopher Nolan movies so good was that the... Uh, antagonists were everyday people yes that were corrupted that were kind yeah. of they went too far whereas these kind of villains they're very extravagant they're very out there their costumes yeah. are crazy and they're like kind of like you wouldn't really come across them in everyday life kind of thing and i yeah. think that's why they weren't really scary and that's why the new version that we're going to get from people like mm-hmm. Farrell and paul dano and zoe kravitz is that it's going to be more sophisticated yeah. Would you say? 
Yeah. And I think that's just the 90s versus now. That is very true. It's just how taste has changed. And that's why I think those are still great. Like, even this one is not as good as the two Tim Burton ones. But I think there's still things to enjoy. Like I said, Batman and Robin's The Point of No Return. We'll talk about that in a second. But But I think Batman Forever is still fun. Like... I think Tommy Lee Jones is two-faced. Like, yeah, it's crazy and silly, but he still does it. Like, it's a good performance. And same with um, Jim Carrey. It's a good performance. Of course, that's how Jim Carrey played the Riddler in the 90s. Yeah. It was his, you know, he was doing the Jim Carrey thing. Usually. Now, Batman and Robin. I actually, <laughs> I love this film as a kid. Oh, I mean, I do too. Because I, I did. knew better. But the villains yeah. in this film, I feel like Arnold Schwarzenegger, this was probably the first villain that I was kind of like, oh yeah, he's scary. <laughs> and it was. Nice to meet you. It was just like so. I, I don't know what it was about him, but I just. I was generally scared of him. Um, yeah, well, he's big and. Yeah, he was big and he had like the whole, you know. But then you yeah. got like the really sad, emotional part, like his wife and. That's the thing about Batman and Robin is, like, it makes Mr. Freeze into this, like, dumbass, like, schlocky thing when he is probably the most tragic Batman villain of all. His backstory is devastating. I would like to see someone do him now and it would make me weep. I know. I know. I remember watching, like, the the comics, um... That, sorry, not the comments, the animated series. Yeah. I was just like, oh, God. What yeah. Wife, what, I can't remember what his wife was called. Is it Vera or something? I can't remember. Oh, I'm going to look this up. But I just thought, God, that's so sad. Like, part of me was like, just leave him alone. I know. God damn it. Um, I can't find the name of his wife. Never mind. I'm sure it was Vera or something. I don't know. But the other villain in this film is... The one and only Poison Ivy. We do have Bane as well, but he's not really a big character. He's yeah. kind of like a dumbass as well, so we don't really yeah. pay t- attention to him. But Uma Thurman. Now, this is like the... This is the, only the second female Batman villain we've had. Mm-hmm. And when you think about it, we've not really had much else after that. But we... She is so... I don't even know how to describe her. Do you have any words to describe Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy? No. <laughs> I wanted to be her. Oh, God, yeah. She was so That's, like, why, like, like, if you're talking, like, why I would watch that right now, that's why I yeah. would still watch it, because of her. Because she, oh, I love Uma Thurman. It's the costume, it's the sassiness, it's the cleverness, it's the seductiveness, it's the, it's, it's the tragic backstory as well. And yeah. She was kind of, and it was just so cool and she just looked so great and like she's still like a fancy dress costume inspiration all these years later and like mm-hmm. that, that film came out 23 years ago oh very mm-hmm. scary but yeah i mean the villains of that time were very camp they were very extravagant yeah. they were very costumes were crazy they were you know they had silly accents they had silly kind of like catchphrases it was all very much like tongue-in-cheek kind of thing mm-hmm. but that's what superheroes were like Oh, yeah. I mean, you think back to the Superman films, like, when those three jumped out of that spaceship, they looked like the Bee Gees. Okay? Yeah. No one was, like, sophisticated and, you know, all that kind of thing. Which is why I think when Batman Begins come along, it was a shock to the system for a lot of people. Because mm-hmm. eight years had passed, and we had, I mean, also Batman Begins 
had two villains that we hadn't had before. Yeah. So we have the the Scarecrow, played by Killian Murphy, incredible role, incredible actor. Mm-hmm. Just throwing him some love. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was generally scary because it was just an everyday man that was just putting mm-hmm. on this mask. And, you know, it was about, you know, hallucinogens and just fear of the mind. And I thought it was really interesting. Like, he's not even scaring them. He's making them scare themselves mm-hmm. by their worst fear, which I thought was really interesting. And mm-hmm. then, of course, you have Ra's al Ghul, mm-hmm. played by Liam Neeson. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and again, it was it was they were scarier because they were more manipulative. They had more behind them. They weren't like showcasing. They didn't like pop up out of a can and be like, "Surprise! I'm here, yeah. Batman." It was, you know, I've made this really evil plan. And I'm gonna blow up all these people, and that's more scary than just like surprise, Batman is the Penguin with a big yeah. rubber ducky kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what did you think about Batman Begins when it first came out, like, with those with those people? I love Batman Begins. It's, I really, it holds a soft spot for me because I think I love the Scarecrow and I love Killian Murphy's, like, interpretation of the Scarecrow. And he's in and all I of know. them, isn't he? Huh? He's in all of the films. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He, little bit parts in the next mm-hmm. two, but um, I think it was very smart of Nolan to start with a villain that wasn't as popular because it let us really focus on getting to know this Batman and this yeah. like world he was setting up because if Definitely. you would have just put the Joker in right away that would have been like too much to process and it I think having a good point. yeah I think having and, and I mean introducing Ra's al Ghul and everything it was clearly setting up the arc that would go throughout the rest of them like it was very it's just a very thoughtful first movie yeah. you know what I mean like you can tell it it's not the strongest of that trilogy, but it's, like, such good groundwork. That's the thing. I mean, the, yeah. it's called Batman Begins. Like, yeah. it's, it's a beginning. Yeah, But you're exactly. right, I think there was so much to kind of build up. Like, you think we've just spoken about the previous films we've had. Mm-hmm. There's such different worlds. There's oh, such yeah. different Batmans. There's such di- I mean, the last film we had was George Clooney with, like, nipples on his, like, costume. Like, this is a huge difference in, in eight years. And, I think and they were supposed to do another one after that one, and it was going to be Scarecrow and Harley Quinn. Was it? And Nicolas Cage was going to be Scarecrow, and Madonna was going to be Harley Quinn. I did not know that. Yeah. I don't know if... I think it was another Schumacher, and they just... Batman and Robin bombed so terribly that they were like, we need to stop. Oh, my God. I kind of wish that we saw that. Me too. <laughs> but then I just don't know. Um, so when The Dark Knight came out, obviously the big premise, the big selling point was the Joker. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. the a big selling point of the film was the fact that it was Heath Ledger's last film. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that kind of affected the way the audience kind of watched him as the Joker? Y- yes, and I feel like a dick for saying it. No, I completely agree. Because I think he is incredible, but it's like he's been like it's like he's a saint and you can't you can't ever do better whereas like personally, I think Joaquin Phoenix did better in Joker and that's like something that I feel like you're not allowed to say because Heath Ledger there's this bar there because a lot of people like to be like he died for it and that's not there's more 
there's more to his death than that to define it like the, that's why he died it's there's just more to it it's not that black and white um but i think the reason that i would say i think joaquin did better is because it was his movie give heath ledger a whole movie all about him it, you know what i mean yeah, the fact that heath ledger was able to just you know there is something just so uncomfortable about it regardless of him his death you know even if he was still alive it's still a very uncomfortable creepy bizarre take on the joker that obviously we i don't think people expected maybe some comics fans did that like were super loyal to the comics and had read and seen all the different incarnations but if you were just going in off of i think of jack nicholson yeah that's terrifying that's a horror movie performance you know what i mean yeah with with Dark Knight, this is the this is the film we see. We don't see a original story. We hear, I think it's two or three stories mm-hmm. about why he got these scars, and obviously they all contradict each other. And you kind mm-hmm. of think that's probably part of his personality that he kind of mm-hmm. plays a lot of roles and things like that. But I think that's what makes him so scary because he does come across as a guy that's fed up of the world. He's an anarchist. He wants to create anarchy. He wants to kind of give Gotham a decent villain. Um, and I think he does an incredible performance. And I think one of the good things about The Dark Knight is, I mean, one of the good things, I could talk about that movie forever. Yeah. Heath Ledger and Christian Bale match this level yes. of power, charisma. Mm-hmm. They take the scene. And I think the fact the script even says, like, without me, there's no you, or without you, there's no yep. me. Like, what does he say? It's like, we're a force that kind of reckons together or something you think i'd know the quote considering how much i've watched this <laughs> film but i think that's what it is is that like i said before the antagonist has to be as good as the protagonist to make it work mm. oh completely and um, they yeah and i think with this film in particular they match brilliantly mm-hmm. and it's a good contrast because you've got all these other like wise guys and mobsters and gangsters and stuff like that mm. that, that are in batman begins the dark knight and the dark knight rises so I think it's good that he kind of says, like, well, up yours, you know. What is this? Like, I'm going to give this... This city deserves a better class of criminal, and I'm going to give it to him. It's kind of like he's, like... He thinks he's a hero, too. Yeah. So, well, he really, at the end of the day, he's a domestic terrorist. That's exactly it. And that's how I think a lot of those people, they think they're doing the right thing. Yeah. They're like, well, this is... I'm making it better. Yeah. Which, I mean, a lot of the... You know, we get in with Dark Knight Rises, Bane is similar in that sense. Yeah. And I think that's what's so intelligent about how Nolan treats the villains is he really does bring them into what scares us today. Yes. That's absolutely. what's scary today, you Terrorists, know. yeah. Poison Ivy's not really scary in the same way that she would. You know what I mean? That's it's a really just good it's a point, different. Yeah, but I think that's good because you got to look at it as a modernized tale. Like, yeah, terrorism is one of the scariest things in modern day life, especially when it's so random. And mm-hmm. I think that another reason with the, with the Heath Ledger is that I think his performance not only embodies the Joker. There's a lot of elements of the Riddler in there. Like the yeah. like the phone calls and like this person's mm-hmm. at this address, this person's at that address. Like you got to click this button and they all die, but you won't kind of thing. Yeah. And I think that's what's really clever is that it's not just a one-dimensional character. There's other parts to him. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's got that tongue-in-cheek humour and things like that. Yeah. You know, um, like nice suit, you should know you bought it kind of thing. I mm-hmm. did not realise that the guy that he 
threatens is the guy from Power. Oh. Yeah. I, I watched like a little bit of it recently, The Dark Knight, and I was like, oh my God, it's so-and-so kind of thing. <laughs> but with The Dark Knight Rises, obviously, it had a huge kind of, not, not, not choose to fill, but it had a great performance by this villain. And it needed mm-hmm. to go up a level. And they all said, like, the Joker would have been in the third film. Yeah. So they had a big gap to fill. And obviously Bane is the central bad guy. We'll talk about Talia al Ghul and Catwoman. Mm-hmm. But what did you what did you think of Bane? Did he scare you? I think he's very scary for the reasons I just said the Joker was scary. Um, just the idea of this figure coming in and just blowing shit up quite literally um he he is he's a terrorist and he to take that character and make him you know the character in the comics and the character we saw in batman and robin is really one note and i think what nolan did to him is incredible down to you know his relationship with talia and everything and i think tom hardy is incredible in this and i think he doesn't get enough credit because it's coming off of the incredible performance from heath ledger that you just can't touch but i think tom hardy really brought a lot to a rather one note character and I don't know, there's just, like, I know it's silly, but, like, the the voice and the mask, it freaks me out. Like, he's freaky. (laughs) He's freaky. And like you said, like, he completely destroys Gotham um, in a much more, like, disastrous way than the Joker did. Yes. So I think that he definitely brought a level of two. But I don't agree. I think a lot of people jumped on him. A lot of people made fun of the accent. A lot Mm -hmm. of people made fun of how he looked. Um, But he was terrifying. Like, in the comic books, he does break Batman's back. And I think mm-hmm. that he was quite essential in the fact that he tore Batman down to the bare minimum, that he had to rebuild himself up yeah, to take him on again. So it was a good arc. It was a good arc. I think the third film doesn't get enough credit. I agree. And I think it's because people were expecting a lot more from it. And then obviously it kind of fell flat afterwards. Obviously you had the introduction of Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character. Yeah. And, you know, is it going to be Robin? Is it going to be Nightwing? And then it kind of just went like, well, actually, no, we're not doing this anymore. Mm-hmm. But go buy tickets for Man of Steel. Um, <laughs> so it was definitely, it was hard. But, I mean, that's the last Batman villain we saw. Because, obviously, Batman versus Superman, there wasn't a Batman villain. It was no. just Superman. And Suicide, not Suicide, sorry. And Justice League, it was, well, I can't even remember. It was clearly not that great. And that's what's hard, I think, is, like, I know Batman's part of the Justice League and the comics and everything, but, like, I prefer my Batman to not interact with other superheroes. Like, I prefer to just think of God, like, stay in Gotham, let's stick to Gotham, just because there's such a rich, you know, there's enough characters there already for him to work with. And this is the thing, so we're going to talk about Suicide Squad, because obviously there are mm-hmm. so many Batman villains, so many. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a few other sh- shows that we're going to talk about, for example, like Arrow and mm-hmm. um, Gotham. But like with Suicide Squad, we have Deadshot, um, played by Will Smith. We have Jared Loud as a Joker, Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. We have um, Rick Flagg. We have Captain Boomerang. We have El Diablo. We have Killer Croc. Which was just crazy. I can't believe we had Killer Croc. I just I know. We had the Enchantress. We had Katana. We had Slipknot. So there were a lot of people um, 
that were involved in that film. But none of them were very big Batman villains. I mean, Deadshot in the comic books, in the animated series, is yeah. featured quite a lot. But I don't think Will Smith played that Deadshot. He was like something no. else. He was playing like a bad boy's Deadshot. Yeah. It just wasn't that great. I thought Katana was great, but again, mm-hmm. she's not a massive. Um, no, and she just wasn't in it enough. She wasn't in it enough. Um, and then obviously the main features, you've got Jared Leto as the Joker. But with this, he wasn't necessarily... Obviously, he's the arch nemesis of Batman. But in this particular film, it was very different. He was more mm-hmm. of a gangster rather than an anarchist. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you've said you like... The, what what elements of the performance do you like? Because you said you've liked, you liked it. I think, in a way, it is the realism. It's just the other side of the coin. Instead of being a terrorist, he is, like, a mobster or a gangster. Um, yeah. And I think that, like, if the Joker was real, that's probably what he would be. Or he would be a terrorist like Heath Ledger. Um, but I think it's just like, it's a goofy, it's the funny, realistic version of the Joker. And it's just, I think it was really good to be able to take that character and flip it. I think it allowed people to maybe, I don't know, I know people got angry about it. But like, you can say, we can keep using this character. Because I think for a long time, people were like, no one can ever play the Joker again. Yeah. So I think Jared Leto was kind of the punching bag. Yeah. To let us move on. Between, yeah, it? and I do think I feel bad because I think they they cut him out. Like I think it would be a better movie if he was in it more. I think people would have responded better if he was in it more because I know he filmed a lot more than they actually put in, and he's very outspoken about like that they kind of screwed him over that he signed a contract and thought he was gonna like be the joker for like three movies and that's not happening and now everything with joaquin phoenix like he's just being forgotten and i think him and margot robbie were really good together and i think like i i do wish that he was in birds of prey for her to like say fuck you i'm leaving you you're a piece of shit kind of thing because i think he's a great way to show harley quinn leaving him because he is so like gross and abusive well you saw Um, a lot of their relationship in suicide squad so it is a little Mm -hmm. bit bizarre that he's not in this one and as far as i can see from the cast list for the suicides well the suicide suicide squad 2 is called the suicide suicide squad so confusing stupid um he's not in that either so it is bizarre that i mean obviously i know he wasn't a very popular figure but he was part of the storyline, so... It is confusing to just rip him out of it. Mm. Like, yeah. it, it... I feel like there's going to be a hole. Because, of course, you don't want Harley Quinn to be dragged down by him. But at the same time, that's such a part of their story is this pull that he has on her. And I think if done right, it could be a really great way to show, like, how dangerous, you know abusive relationships are and how women get stuck in them and don't know what to do because i think that you know there is that joke always people are like stop saying that like you want a relationship like joker and harley and it's like well then show why it's bad because yeah. people pop culture's not getting it because they don't read the com not everyone reads the comics or even watches the cartoon so i think a lot of people aren't aware of how toxic and abusive he is it's yeah. just like he's the joker it's cool you know what i mean so I think that yeah. those two would be a good opportunity to show that, but because people reacted negatively to, like, his look, they just pulled him. And a lot of people have issues with him because of his personal life and stuff like that, so that could be part of it. I don't know. 
I think you definitely need to kind of explore that side. I mean, in the animated comic books as well. Sorry, I keep saying that. The animated show. You see this mm. um, friendship between Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn. And I really yeah. hope they, it, it, like, explore that on film because... She even says to him, like, why are you with this guy? Like, he's not nice to you kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. So like, that needs to be there. Yeah, that didn't explore that really. But this is obviously his Birds of Prey. Um, mm-hmm. Birds of Prey doesn't, as far as I can remember reading the comic books, Birds of Prey didn't really include Harley Quinn. It was more about the Black Canary. Yeah, and yeah. Huntress and things like that. But they're, mm-hmm. obviously, they're obviously in the film. You've got Black Canary, you've got the Huntress. Mm-hmm. So um, Victor Zaz is also in this film. That's Chris Messina that's playing it. Mm-hmm. Um the Suicide Squad, I don't know why it's called that when it's the Suicide Squad. Too. I mean, the cast is huge. Absolutely. Oh, huge. yeah. John Cena's in it, and people are coming back. Jay Courtney's coming back. Joel Kinnaman's coming back. I'm sure Gunn, Nathan Fillon, Tucker Wahiti. There's loads of people. Peter Capaldi, Idris Elba, who I think is taking over the role of Deadshot. Yeah, I think so. Which I think will be better. Yeah. Like, I love Will Smith, but I think Idris Elba will be better yeah. for that character. But once again, this film, it's full of men. Yeah. Like, that whole first page is, it's, what, it's man, man, It's like man, they man, think man, 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 woman, man, because man. Margot Robbie's in it and she's a main character that that's just the catch-all. And that's know. not how it works. You know what I mean? <laughs> it is a bit bizarre. Um, Dr. Freeze's wife is called Nora. Nora, okay. Mm-hmm. Nora Freeze. R.I.P. Nora. Obviously, we've had some different representations of um, villains, Gotham, particularly, has, has been quite a good one because it featured a lot of Batman villains we've not seen on film. So it had its own Joker, who was actually quite good. He was quite a good Joker. Um, and obviously it had, like, a penguin who was, like, a little bit more calculated, like, more like a gangster mm-hmm. rather than a, um, like, a theatrical person. And it had different yeah. things, like the Mad Hatter. It had Hugo Strange. It had you know, uh, Victor Saz, it had Firefly, loads of different things, really. So it was quite interesting the way that that did it. And then obviously in Arrow, that they've had some Batman villains, such mm-hmm. as Deadshot. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's interesting to see what they're going to do next, because I think it'd be good to get some new ones. Um, mm-hmm. Like I'd love to see Zatanna, for example, the circus. <sighs> She'd be amazing. Um but I think we're going to still get these same old super villains. Obviously, we've got Zoe Kravitz, who's going to play Catwoman. We have Paul mm-hmm. Dano, who's going to play the Riddler. We have Colin Farrell, who's going to play the Penguin. Still can't believe I said that's loud. We've had Walking Phoenix mm-hmm. as Joker. Um, do you see any single, singular films like the Joker happening with what, any particular character? I think they're going to try to do it but i don't think they'll work the same i just there's something some not a lot of them i think can be grounded in the way that the joker can be because like take poison ivy or something like someone like that for example example. you just you're not gonna get the same like level of like realism with it because there is that supernatural element so i guess you could maybe take like the riddler Maybe they'll give Paul Dano his own movie. Like, he could maybe be grounded in that way. Maybe Catwoman could be. But I just, I think they're going to try, and I think it's not going to work. I think it's a lightning strikes once kind of thing. Okay. And they really lucked out, and I don't think they thought it was necessarily going to do as well as it did. Mm-hmm. And obviously, there's still a tons of controversy, and a lot of people hate it. But, like, you know, as far as money, it did really well. 
Um, so they're definitely going to try because they see the dollar signs. Definitely. Doesn't mean it's going to turn out that, well, that though. Unfortunately, yeah, what it is. Good I night. hope there's another good one. <laughs> well, um, you know, it, it's just interesting to see where they go with it. Because I think yeah. there's a lot more villains out there. I'd love to see Poison Ivy because we haven't seen a serious Me, take yeah. on her. Even with Gotham, it wasn't really that great. I'd love to see Poison Ivy. I'd love to see Satana. Um, yeah. It'd be great. Another thing we we didn't mention, um, we didn't mention Harvey, Harvey Dent and Two-Face. Um, yes. In The Dark Knight, which I thought was a great villain. But I think that what would have worked better, but then I don't know because it would have fitted in the story, is if we saw him either earlier, like in The Batman Begins, or yeah. later in The Dark Knight Rises. I, hope, I just yeah, he more did... him. I thought that he did a really great performance. No, I agree. And I think it would have made sense maybe to bring him in, like from the beginning to the end, yeah. kind of. Because he, I don't know, he's yeah. so integral to Batman's story. He is. And I think he's great because you really do see a corruption there, like a white knight turns into this, you know. Yeah. And it's all about revenge seeking and things like that and leaving things up to chance. So, yeah, I think that would be really great to see him, um, per se. That could be a good one. That could be a good yeah, solo that's true. one. That's true. I could see that. Because that can be, you know, the way that Nolan grounded it could easily translate into a whole movie. Um, One supervillain film we didn't talk about is the 2004 Halle Berry starring Catwoman. (laughs) Hmm, I wonder why we didn't think of that immediately. This is such a weird one. Because it, it didn't connect in any way to Batman, did it? It was just... No! It was just random. It was just I, random. And her name wasn't even Selena Kyle. It was, it was Patience Phillips. And she was a graphic designer. Really? Yeah. I don't... So <laughs> she was a graphic designer at like a, at like a cosmetic company. And I think oh she was working God. on like an anti-aging cream. But like <laughs> it, it was weird. Like something happened. Like I don't know. She like ate some dodgy cream. But like she just woke up and she was like, yeah, Catwoman. And she like fell in love with a cop. Um, yeah, it was, it was it's, strange. It's not Halle Berry's fault. That's all I'm going to say. I don't blame her. <laughs> I know. It's, it did so bad, though. It did awful. Like, I think that was the first film I heard about that was, like, a commercial flop. And I was yeah. only 12. Like, I didn't yeah. know what that meant at the time. But, yeah, that, oh, that, that, that was, that was, that's basically was the jumping point for Joker. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's, um, oh. it's bizarre. It is bizarre so yeah that's it that is all the batman villains that we have mentioned i can't think of anything we've missed can you think of anyone we've missed not unless you go back to the adam west show but there's so many they literally touch like yeah there's vincent price plays Eggman. like we can't we'll be here for two hours <laughs> i mean we we haven't talked about anne hathaway's catwoman but she's not really one of my favorites to be honest she's fine she's okay you know it's all right and obviously you had um and Marianne Cotillard as yeah. Talia Al Ghul as well. But again, there wasn't enough there for mm-hmm. it to be... Well, there wasn't enough of a character development, I'd say. But, no. Um, one thing about The Dark Knight Rises, though, is that because the Joker did so well, the studio, like Warner Brothers, actually wanted it to be the Riddler. Because they oh. wanted... Yes, yeah, so they wanted a similar character, and they really wanted... Guess who they wanted to play the Riddler? Who? Well, have a little guess. Neil Patrick Harris? No, God, no. God oh. in heaven, no. 
Um, Leonardo Ooh. DiCaprio. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, they really wanted him to be the Riddler. Because, I don't know about that. Yeah, because they wanted it to be... Basically, you know what studios are like? They just want to rehash what's worked. Oh, yeah. And obviously, they couldn't do that this time. But Thank no, you, Christopher uh, Nolan, for Nolan um, was pretty um, vast in saying, like, no, I want it to be really different. And yeah. that's why he went with, like, with Bane instead. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was quite interesting. I thought that would have hmm. been... It would have not worked, would it? I can't imagine Leo as the Riddler. I can't. And that's not... You know, that's nothing against leo i just don't think it's no. a leo role i don't want leo to be in a superhero movie at all do you think Keep he away. will be, i hope not i, I worry he's gonna end up doing it i think brad pitt will as well oh i don't what, know what villain could brad pitt play two-face oh. i was just about to say harvey dent oh my god <laughs> <laughs> i mean is there any yeah actor? that's the only one i can really yeah. see is there any actor or actress out there that you want to be a batman villain I think Michael Shannon would be a good Harvey Dent. That is fantastic. That's a really good shout. I really like that. I've always said Jessica Chastain would be brilliant. Not just as Poison Ivy, but as anyone, really. Yeah, put but her. Do you know who there. I think would be great now? Anna who? Darmes. <gasps> oh. She'd be a great Catwoman. <gasps> But, um, she would. She but would. I'm excited for Zoe Kravitz. I'm excited for Zoe Kravitz. But yeah, I mean, Anna Domes, she could play anyone, so. Put sure her, make her Zatanna. Yes! Campaigning. Hashtag Anna for Zatanna. Anna for Zatanna. Anna for Zatanna. That's a very hard thing to say. It is, much. but we'll but make it happen. Anna for Zatanna. Anna for <laughs> Zatanna. Um, and that's it. Obviously, we have to wait till, is it 2021 that the Batman's coming out? I think so. They just started filming, like, it's recently, so like last week, I think. So I just hope we get a good Barbara Gordon. That's all I want. Yes. That's all I want. Come on. Cast someone. Anyone. Well, not anyone. But you know what I mean. Someone um, good. Please. Someone good. Me. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm not joking. My number is. Um, and that's it for the end of the podcast. Thank you for putting up with me and this horrible croaky voice. Honestly. <coughs> I don't, I don't think it's happening. as bad as you think it is. is I it? can understand you loud and clear. Am I like, like my kind of like level of croaky voice is, am I, do I sound like I'm dying or do I sound like a hot, sexy Sophia Bush? Because she's always sexy. got like a croaky voice, hasn't she? Yeah, no, you sound sexy. Like, Lucas. No, that, Lucas. How could you do that to me with Peyton? No, that's not, that's not croaky enough. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, so obviously, as always, you can follow us on Spotify, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, follow us on social media, and we'll be back next week, uh, as it's getting close to Valentine's Day, we're going to talk about our favourite couples in television, because what's better than wallowing in one of the most, I don't know, do you like Valentine's Day? No. I'm not a fan. My birthday is three days before valentine's day so it's just my that's all i'm focusing on it's my birthday that's a lot of focus on as well and it's not like i have a boyfriend now so it's not just like i was resenting it i I just don't like like valentine's day yeah i tried it and it just didn't work so i'm like now i can't be bothered now Eh, like i don't i'm not gonna like i i used to be like this is stupid i'm gonna complain about it but now i'm just like yeah it's just like something i just don't participate in yeah i mean i like talking about like Move, like exactly like what you're saying like yeah. ro- you know tv couples TV movie couples, couples. Uh, goals hashtag otp yeah yes. oh so god good. that's sending me back that is two <laughs> days hashtag <laughs> ship where else was the other hashtag hashtag otp ot3 ot3 yes 
I can't remember. Oh god, I feel so old. So old. God in heaven. Um, and that's it. We'll be back next week. Bye guys. Bye.